got a whole lot of loving just for you. I got all this loving, but I just want you. Hello, and welcome to Hella Radio. I'm Nora Rose. And I am Sally. And we have Kate back. Hi. Hi, <laughs> Kate. <laughs> My brainworms and I are very happy to be back. <laughs> Our brainworms and we are very happy to have you back. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> the brainworms are dancing. <laughs> uh. So this week we are talking about My Bloody Valentine and Dark Side of the Moon, um, two excellent episodes. Um, so uh, if you guys are ready for it, I can just jump into the summaries. Go ahead. With... All right. So My Bloody Valentine, a way too high number of people are committing suicide in strange ways, particularly couples eating each other. Sam and Dean examine the remains of the bodies and discover an Enochian symbol on their hearts. They call Cass and Cass explains that that's the sign of basically uh, Cupid. They find and trap the Cupid only to find he hasn't gone rogue. He's just doing his job, getting certain couples to fall in love. What happens after has nothing to do with him. Sam recognizes by smell a demon at the morgue and follows him with other <laughs> clues like Cass suddenly eating a crazy amount of burgers we figure out it's famine the horseman of the apocalypse he's making people's desires go way out of whack and then he eats their souls Sam's gotten infected and is hungry for demon blood, so Cass and Dean go to confront Famine themselves. Cass points out that Dean doesn't seem to be affected at all, and Sam's and Sam. Dean says he's just well fed. Demons find Sam locked up in the motel, and Sam drinks their blood, and while Cass is overcome by hunger for red meat, and Dean is out of options. Sam gets famine to eat demon souls and then destroys the demon souls inside of famine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's weird. It's really um, weird. <laughs> <laughs> Dark side of the moon. A couple of other hunters show up angry that Sam started the apocalypse. They kill Sam and then Dean because they know if they don't kill Dean, he'll kill them. Dean wakes up in the Impala and young Sammy shows up and Dean relives a good memory of a 4th of July away from John. Cass's voice comes out of the Impala's radio and he explains to Dean that he's dead. Condolences. He tells Dean that this is an opportunity to find an angel named Joshua who speaks directly to God and tells him to follow the road. Dean finds Sam reliving a memory of a good Thanksgiving with another family, and they continue following various versions of roads and reliving good memories. Zachariah is hunting them down throughout all of this, and after one close encounter, Ash shows up and saves them. He tells them he's done this with them many times because they die a lot. And we also reunite with Pamela. Ash seems to have found a way to for them to go directly to Joshua, but they end up instead in the old Winchester household, and someone who is definitely not Mary Winchester uh, gets all creepy on them. Um, and Zachariah shows up and starts to wham on them, but then Joshua arrives and tells Zachariah to go away basically Zachariah has a message from God for Sam and Dean buzz off basically he knows what's going on and he just doesn't think it's his problem he brings Sam and Dean back to life and Cass is extremely upset about what's basically abandonment from his father and Dean throws away the Samulet after Cass tells him it's useless 
Now I'm sad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, all right. Themes. Um. Do we want to start with a uh, bloody Valentine? I guess. See. Okay. Here's here's. I mentioned this to you. Uh, couple days ago Kate but yeah. but here's a thing that I find interesting every time that we do a pairing of episodes like this I'm just sort of like you know what the, these episodes have nothing in common what, what am I going to talk about for themes and then I sit there and I watch the episodes and I'm like holy shit <laughs> there is so much in common with, how do we do this every time <laughs> and you know yeah. what the worst part is it's not on purpose on our part or on the writer's part. <laughs> nope. Yep, and that's what definitely. makes it the secret good supernatural is in, in between the lines. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we can start with My Bloody Valentine, but honestly, every theme that I have written down works for both of them. Yeah, I have like themes for each and then i had a separate page that was like how they crossed over with each other like watching them back to back and i was just like having a galaxy brain <laughs> <moment>. <laughs> and then you texted me that like right like a couple minutes after i'd had that realization and i was like we're on the same <laughs> celestial <laughs> wavelength right now <laughs> i'm so happy <laughs> in our psychosis Oh man. Um okay, one of you go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, I think desire is one. Um obviously with famine, duh. But also in Dark Side of the Moon, desire for normalcy. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um how tightly Dean holds on to these memories and how mm -hmm. like loosey goosey that Sam plays with them is yeah. such an interesting dynamic yeah uh between them uh yeah I also had a theme of uh specifically Dean's hunger and I had a tin hat moment about Dean's hunger <laughs> That Dean actually is hungry in this episode, but he's hungry for Cass. <laughs> and he's to the point where all he needs from Cass is for him to be there. Yes. And, oh, yeah. but, but because of his big old nothing that he has in his soul, it doesn't manifest the same way that it does for everybody else. And I realized it when, I know we're skipping ahead, but like, at the end of the episode or like right before the big confrontation with famine, he's like, okay, you go in, cut his finger off and come back to the car. And I roughly counted it. And it was an entire eight seconds before he said, this is taking too long. And then he goes, and he was, yeah. it was just like, oh yeah, he's going up a against a horseman alone. And you know that he's being affected by it. And yet you're just like, He's powerful enough, it's fine. But just eight seconds in, it was almost like a boyfriend going in after his partner into Target being like, oh, fine, I guess I'll go with you. <laughs> like, it, was just, it was so fast. Uh, and yes. like I wrote, there were, I went back and rewatched it after I had that. And I was just like, he immediately calls Cass after they have, find the Enochian marks like he just gets up he doesn't say I'm gonna call Cass or anything he's just immediately just like it. phone out and then they stare at each other for so long in that beautiful scene <laughs> and, it, and it's this this is getting ahead too but like yeah. they they stare at each other and they're so fucking close and it's just like can you stand any closer without kissing Right? Like, yes, please just stare at each other more. I don't think you're doing it. <laughs> uh, and the first thing that Dean asks him when Cass shows up 
after they discover the soul in the briefcase is he says, why are you eating? He's not asking about the bigger picture. He's not asking about this, you know, crazy thing. They're all of a sudden up against a horseman. He immediately notices like Cass's presence and what he's doing without like talking about anything else. And Sam's looking at the big picture. And to build on that, you know, uh, Tumblr makes fun of this scene that I'm about to talk about a lot um, where Sam is like having this crisis because he's <laughs> hungering for demon blood. And in the background, what are you, the hamburglar? <laughs> and it's just like, your brother is having a moral crisis over here. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. You're not even looking at Sam. They're just bickering like an old married couple as it's like this slow zoom on Sam. Yeah. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Oh, man. Um, another theme that I have is, um, and it shows up briefly in uh, My Bloody Valentine, but it's very obvious in, I mean, it is like the thing in Dark Side of the Moon, is belief in God. Um, the way it shows up briefly in, uh, my bloody Valentine is I failed to mention in the, uh, summary that the episode ends with Dean going outside and praying not to Cass, but to God for the first time. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And then there's a. There's an inverse of that in the next episode, but we'll try not to get too far ahead of ourselves. No, go for it. Oh, um, well, then at the end of Dark Side of the Moon, Cass, like, it's almost a perfect inverse because we see Cass shot from the back as he's, mm -hmm. like, looking up at heaven. And then we see Dean from the front at the end of My Bloody Valentine looking up at heaven. And it's... I don't, again, it's probably on accident or they just thought the shots looked cool <laughs> because Dean is reaching out. He's like breaking his lack of faith by reaching out and trying to pray to God or heaven or, you know, whatever he thinks that he's trying to reach out for. And Cass is turning his back away from faith. And it's like one of his, not his first, but one of his first steps away from it's like he's utterly broken he's utterly broken and yeah i'm just like yes somebody went to film school <laughs> that, like that shot actually also reminded me of uh, when uh, jimmy novak is angry at cass like, oh that's right yeah <sighs> yeah that's awesome yeah i feel like they are yeah the anger and the disappointment, similar. yeah, the rage yeah. and how it's shot is also pretty similar, yeah. Oh, that's a yeah. really good point. And it's interesting, it. it's interesting because at this point, anyway, um, Cass's rage is very subdued and quiet and just kind of bottled up. And in that scene that you're talking about with Jimmy he's he's just yelling at Cass yeah yeah Ooh. But, but yeah but both of them yeah also deal with the same thing like loss of faith the very yeah. thing we're talking about so yeah mm. and I guess for Jimmy Cass is the higher power just like for Cass God is you yeah. know like they are on the same kind of level, I guess, for yeah. each other. Mm -hmm. Um, we talk in both of these episodes about John and Mary's relationship. Mm -hmm. There's the revelation in my buddy Valentine about uh, that. John and Mary couldn't stand each other at first, which like, okay, problematic. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then, and then the Cupid got to them and they were inseparable. 
Um, and then they talk about we we have the memory of Dean's where, you know, he got his crest cut off of his PB and J and then and then John calls and Sam didn't realize how long Dean had been cleaning up dad's messes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have so so we have some interesting revelations about John and Mary in these two episodes. Yeah. And I went back and because at, even at the beginning of My Bloody Valentine, you already know that something's off with Dean. And so I was like, is that based in something? And went back and watched Song Remains the Same again. And they have that revelation in there, too, that Michael talks to Dean through uh, young John's body. Mm-hmm. And Sam is unconscious Mm-hmm. after after the angel fight and so dean already knows that and so he goes into my bloody valentine like still bothered by it but obviously hasn't told sam even after he regained consciousness yeah so um yeah it was just this really interesting through line about john and mary and i guess we're gonna get to see more of that maybe in the prequel if that gets greenlit <laughs> i i so. am Lighting is very green right now. <laughs> <laughs> they have my ears. Um. Yes. <laughs> um, I also have down Heaven and Angels supernatural style. Because, <laughs> like, this is the like cupids are not what we yeah expect and (laughs) heaven is not what we expect and yeah so it's so these these celestial things but with eric kripke's twist on them yes (laughs) (laughs) or on a budget right (laughs) or something yeah something like that yeah so I thought I thought that was really interesting because I'm not personally a uh, person of any faith, but I do enjoy looking at like the like mythology parts of like Christianity and stuff. And so I was on the IMDb trivia for these episodes because I like to look at those. And Zachariah, according to the IMDb trivia, should actually be a cherub. Because oh. his, he gives his description as having four faces, one of which is a lion. Uh-huh. And though those are actually cherubs, like, in the actual Christian angel hierarchy. And the kind of cherub, quote-unquote, that the Cupid is in Bloody Valentine would actually just be considered an angel. Like, that class of angels is only called angels <laughs> and they are the ones that deal with human matters and they're like one of the lowest on the rungs so when Cass says he's a lower order of angel like that's true but we associate Cupid as a cherub but that's not actually what they are <laughs> Interesting. So, and that the cherubs like the actual cherubs in hierarchies are like the second most powerful angels after seraphim and that they are supposed to be the ones that guard god's throne room so he is actually like zachariah is actually doing his job in that episode he's diverting them away from god's throne room he's protecting it um until joshua shows up but i thought that was interesting but that's another one of those weird like inverses between these two episodes is even in like the supernatural style of interpreting angels they have this parallel between them so i fell down a wikipedia hole (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so i thought that was interesting having that kind of parallel and sort of using the mythology but like simplifying it (laughs) yeah um loneliness Obviously, throughout My Bloody Valentine, that is a thing. Um, And specifically, I want to talk about loneliness and Dean. Because there's this nothingness inside of him, apparently. Um, 
And then there's also when that not Mary is being all creepy. Um, she says, everybody leaves you, Dean. In his face. <laughs> you know what, 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 what's interesting to me? Um, like how much of that, what Mary says and how much of that, what, what happens in, I mean, at that point, they aren't in his heaven anymore. Right. But it was like, if, if, if heaven is like made out of your consciousness, because your memories are supposed to be there, that means like everything that happens you in that heaven does somehow has to come from your consciousness or for, from your thoughts Ooh. or from the way you see yourself. So that would be, if it was in the Dean's heaven, just like Dean's subconscious fears and the way he sees himself and the things he, you know, like yeah. just come, coming to the surface, everything, everything yeah. from the subconscious and like being like in form of what Mary says, I guess. Oh, that's a good point. Because, yeah, and angels can read your thoughts and... Zach could probably just take those right out of his head and just and like just, this, this yeah, is what's going to torment you the most. And wrap it up in in a person who is like this idol to Dean, right? I mean, at this point, at least uh, in mm -hmm. these seasons, because like she's this perfect woman, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh man. Oh, that makes it even deeper and more sad. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. But I feel like loneliness is also a big theme in that episode, and not only in Bloody My Bloody Valentine. I, I the, the thing that made me very sad uh, watching them. I mean, because they are like switching memories, right? One of them, like sometimes they are in Dean's memories, sometimes they are in Sam's memories, and uh, like I feel like Dean is feels very lonely because all of Sam's memories are not about Dean and like Dean's memories are always either about Sam or about his family right mm -hmm, and yeah. like and these are supposed to be their like happy memories and like none of Sam's happy memories are associated with Dean so that kind of I feel like like hits him hard you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, when Dean has that realization um, about, like, when they're standing outside or during the uh, the Stanford memory, the night that Sam left for Stanford, he's just utterly broken to have this kind of validation that, you know, Sam's world doesn't revolve around Dean the same way that Dean's world has always revolved around Sam. Yeah. And uh, those issues that they've had throughout season five. And... Yeah. Also, also the dinner, which is like the f first memory he finds Sam in. It's it's not like Sam uh, once wanted to like go away and like live his I don't know adolescent or like cool st student years doing whatever like fun stuff. He like literally substituted his family with another family, and that is his happy memory, and that sucks. <laughs> I mean, I'm very yeah. mad. I'm very mad on Dean's behalf here. Yeah. 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 And then another glimpse into the, you know, specifically John, but, like, these memories that are wrapped up in their parents of when Dean says, oh, after you ran away, and when Dad came home... Look right on his face. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's just like anybody who doesn't What think else it... is that supposed to mean? Yeah, yeah. Like um I guess we kind of touched on it, but I had the for uh Dark Side of the Moon, um the perceptions of or being influenced by others. Um mm. like Dean's perception of Sam's heaven and how that reflects on Dean, like not being a part of it. Um, Zachariah raging about his reputation, which I think is really interesting when he says, you know, Lucifer may be strong, but I'm petty. Like yeah. just, the, just the idea of having <laughs> petty angels is very amusing and very interesting. 
Uh, and then John changing the narrative about his and Mary's marriage into like, oh, it was perfect when it really wasn't after she dies. Um, and then Dean's thoughts about the Samulet changing because of Cass and because partially of Joshua too, but Cass is the one who says this is worthless. And also whatever's going on with the soulmates conversation with Ash, because it gets super awkward really fast for no reason. (laughs) When they talk about soulmates sharing heavens, it like the conversation just comes to this grinding halt and nobody looks at anybody like what's going on there? (laughs) It's like, is it them all thinking about, you know, who would be each other's soulmates in heaven? Like, I don't know. It was just super awkward. And when I rewatched it the second time, it was still awkward. I was like, what's going on? (laughs) So I don't know. Um, I did. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say we've got, again, the overarching throughout the entire show, family and hope and those sort of uh, themes as well. Um, Deadbeat dads, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, I also had the theme of like for uh my bloody valentine the unexpected um so dean not being hungry for food or unattached drifter christmas which is my favorite (laughs) phrase um (laughs) but i also liked how famine was portrayed as like you could have like i don't know they could have gone in the way of like having like a creepy like gluttonous famine that's like stealing everybody's you know food or something like that but they went with this like shriveled terrifying fragile avatar in the form of james otis mm-hmm. and i just love how creepy he was in that yeah, he's great um but then kind of going back to their how they've played with like fate and destiny in this season having them actually being pretty in control of their fate in this episode i thought like sam was supposed to like lean into his hunger for demon blood and he did for a little bit but then he was able to resist it and um, and use it to his advantage yeah so i thought that was really cool way of like instead of just having it be another story about how they don't have any agency they get to have a little bit more agency and like dean not being affected by this and being able to have a clear mind but at the same time this happens to be the very episode where where it's on uh where we learn that um about mary and john Mm -hmm. you know like i I really like yeah how that plays into the bigger picture that we get to see in later seasons like the last two seasons everything planned for sure yeah so they get like this tiny bit they get an inch but then god and the universe take a mile it's almost it's almost like i i wouldn't even go so so far and say that if they had any agency i would just say that like from chuck's point of view he just like he's in this chapter where he's supposed to sell you the story and make his characters likable and sam not you know like not going full on demon and like drinking buckets of blood is allowed to have just a like just a sip and like act like (laughs) he's he's in control (laughs) that's true that's a good point yeah yeah i love it but it's oh. also very interesting how, um, because like, are we are we still still on themes or are we discussing yes, or are themes. we gonna? Okay, then I'll save this for later because we have to go to break <laughs> at some point. <laughs> break. <laughs> hey, this is our podcast. We can break whenever. <laughs> okay. Um. This doesn't have anything to do with Destiel, but when they're going through the organs and Dean picks up the heart and he, he 
holds it out to Sam and he's like, hey, be my Valentine. And he's just got this, the dumbest, so, so dumb, little smile. And I fucking love him. He's my precious little child. And I want to take care of him and swaddle him. And yes, put him in your pocket and just take him everywhere you go. Exactly. Yep. 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 Uh, It's so good. Uh, Yeah. Like, uh, no thoughts. Head empty. We we talked about we talked about the the them being stupid close to each other when Cass finally shows up. But I I failed to mention that I have a note here that is in all caps. Look at him gayer. I dare you. <laughs> really though. It, you know, it's in like the top 15 shots that are like yes. how are they not in love look at them right now <laughs> I submit it to the court <laughs> they are I mean, in love. like it is so weird like what does it mean <laughs> you know that, <laughs> like they kind of look after they are do- done like talking about it and then Cass suggests something and Dean is like yeah okay that's what we're gonna do and then he's just like he's shaking his head like nodding or something yeah. And like that, very it's it's very I don't know, you know it's so out of place that it actually makes me think that that is yet again what we talked about. That is the manifestation of Dean's hunger in a way, you know, mm-hmm. like a clue. And yeah, and just like to go uh, go back when when uh, I think it's before this, right, or is it after this? Anyway, when they are talking about Dean going out for Valentine's Day to pick up somebody, and Dean is like, wait, I have a direct quote here. Guess I'm not feeling it this year, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, if feminine is in town, and if this is what Dean desires, like, to slip around, like, why is he not feeling it, like, ten times more than he usually feels it, you know? Yeah. And, like, the way it's, like, I, I'm not feeling it this, this year. Like, what changed since last year and yeah. this year? I mean, I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right? We all know. That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had a note about that, too, just when Famine talks about, like, oh, that's a great big nothing that you have there. Like, what is the difference between him and Sam? Because Sam has a lot of the same guilts about like starting the apocalypse and doing terrible things and drinking demon blood and all of this stuff. But like, what is the difference between Dean and Sam and like what's really doing it? Yeah. Be honest for a second. Um, so like, okay. We talk about like, you know, what the writers meant and what, we read and there's you know a vast difference a lot of the time when it comes to this show um but how much do you want to bet that the writers just couldn't come up with something interesting enough for dean and so they were like he has a nothingness (laughs) (laughs) probably it's probably the reason for most things. <laughs> you know? I mean, it must have been so much fun, like because like the writers, uh, the writers change each each season. So you just like establish that Dean has this huge nothingness, and just like writers of next season have to do with that. Like you don't care, <laughs> not attached to the show anymore. Bye. Yeah, you know? future problem. <sighs> um, but then it ends up working into the things like. Uh, when he has the dream in the like dream walking episode about how he's gonna turn into a demon, this is what you're gonna become. That whole oh thing. yeah yeah like in season three yeah yeah it totally plays into this idea of having this like hole in his yeah. soul basically. Um, oh, what did I have? I have something for that. Ah, uh, where to go? 
um, when famine is like touching his stomach, <laughs> it's super <laughs> weird. He, uh, he is like, obviously you'd be creeped out and trying to get away if somebody like that was trying to touch you, but he almost looks afraid like famine is going to like fully know everything about him. Oh yeah. And when you guys, I was listening to your previous episode um, and you were talking about, um, well, now by the time this comes out, this most, the second previous <laughs> episode, talking about when Dean and Cass realized and accepted their feelings for each other. I was at work being oh, like, yeah. Dean doesn't know until the last minute in my mind because he has this deep nothing. So I don't think he would think, oh, Famine's going to blurt out that I love Cass. Like, I don't think he's quite formulated that for a long mm-hmm. time. But I think he's going to, he's worried about having all of his, like, thoughts and repression and all this crap revealed. And then when Famine moves away and he only says, wow, that's a big nothing you got there. Dean almost looks relieved in his micro expressions, or maybe I've just got my tin hat on, but he's, (laughs) he looks like, okay, like he didn't get everything that's going on in my brain. And it just feels like this pit of self-loathing and self-denying that's so deep that even a horseman of the apocalypse (laughs) can't, dig it out. <laughs> but it's also very interesting how when that happens, Cass is also in the room, which like mm-hmm. I guess it's another layer to his anxiety. I mean, yeah. on conscious or, or subconscious level, I guess. So, yeah. There's yeah. that. Can I say something that will totally derail the topic? Absolutely. About Cass. Um, mm-hmm. And for the record, I am ashamed. <laughs> I like where this is going. Cass is the real meat man. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> but I was I was thinking about this like Cass could have been addicted to so many things like why red meat? Why do you like Manliest, you know, like, no, yeah, I'm doing finger quotes here. You can't see it. <laughs> These guys well, can't. It's a very, it's interesting too because it's a very, especially burgers, uh, is a very Dean associated thing. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. 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 And like, don't don't start, don't give me this like my vessel craves it. Your vessel craves bullshit. Also, also, my vessel craves it. My ass, because according to the official supernatural wiki, Jimmy died at the beginning, the end of uh, season four. Call them out. Very good. (laughs) Yes, it's true. That's true. (laughs) Jimmy's gone. (laughs) I do have a a roundabout loophole explanation for that. If the the writers wanted, but I don't want to give it to them. (laughs) But like, uh, Jimmy, like, if you wanted to get really into the weeds with it, like, Cass is embodying Jimmy's whole self and has access to Jimmy's like memories and stuff. So he would still have Jimmy's, like, physical brain with all of its, like, synapses and everything. So you could still have that as, like, an impression left behind, even if it's not his personality. But, no, he's definitely... The fact that they picked red meat and specifically hamburgers is, like, such a Dean thing. And, I don't know, when they were sitting in the Impala staking out the hospital waiting for the demon to come back... Once again, Jackal's jacking choices are to look at Cass and then look at the burger and at Cass's mouth like he's jealous of the burger. He's looking him up and down like he always fucking does. Yep. And just And meanwhile, he himself isn't hungry. I mean, the guy who loves burgers suddenly, you know, like... Doesn't want any. Like it's like every everything that he because he says, yeah, I'm well fed. 
You know, he is so well mm -hmm. fed on these things that he sells as the things that he craves. Mm -hmm. That like something other starts, you know, like his true desires start coming out and suddenly that means like he doesn't, like he is overfed on other things. So he doesn't care about them anymore. So that's, yeah. Exactly. Like he's not and looking while good. I'm craving a burger. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so who is the real meat man then? <laughs> like... <laughs> um, do we have more for my bloody Valentine? Um, da -da -da -da. hold on. Um, Cass is adorable when he pets his burger wrapper when he's eaten <laughs> all of them, like right before he goes in to yes. kill. Yes. He's just touching the wrapper, and it's you can just feel it coming off the screen how much he's like, I miss my burger. Um, I have a question, actually. Um, yeah. Uh, when when the Cupid uh, appears, right? And mm -hmm. the man, the Cupid, he's naked. And uh, again, like, Jensen... Whatever you were doing, he's just... staring at his fucking dick. <laughs> yes. Three across three shots. It <laughs> right? cuts three different times, and he's still looking down. And then later, he keeps looking down. So, I, I, because I'm very bad with, with memory, guys. Like, is this? Did we already have the junkless command, or does it come after this? They, um, they. He had been saying junkless to Uriel before this yes yeah. so, so he's he... double checking or triple checking as you pointed out i guess <laughs> wrote it in all caps three times <laughs> he they cut back and he is still staring <laughs> at the cupid's crotchal region my god also speaking of that scene from like a filmmaking perspective behind when the cupid is looking at them Behind him, there is a window that has an almost perfect diagonal bi or not bi flag, the pansexual flag behind it. It's pink and then like light coming through and then blue. And then when Dean punches him in the face and then like kind of takes his place in that shot, it's then behind Dean. How have I never noticed this? I it's, haven't noticed it either. It's right by his head too. <laughs> and I had to rewind and be like, Holy shit. There's <laughs> a pan flag right there, which is obviously not intentional. But uh, yeah, so there's that. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, it I makes have, me insane. I have another note. Um, I'm an angel. I can't stop anytime I want. Right? <laughs> 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 Yes. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, guys? I think I just made my thoughts clear. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I feel like that's such a line that he would take from Dean. Like if Dean's right? Right? like if yeah. Dean was drinking too much and Sam had commented on it, that he would be like, "I stop any time I want." Just sounds like such a classic <laughs> thing that like. Cass wouldn't have said on his own because he's still kind yeah. of in his like biblical angel language. But also it's very Cass in, in a sense that it doesn't reflect how he is. Like he has these notions about himself. He's either overestimating in previous seasons or underestimating himself in late, later seasons. So he can, you know, like it's one of those things. Like he thinks something and it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he proceeds to then eat a whole like tin of raw beef <laughs> sure. uh what else did i have oh um the shot at the end before or the scene at the end before dean goes outside and does his really heartbreaking prayer moment um so they have this really cool panning shot and Dean's against the wall by himself and then Cass shows up like as the shot is panning over to him 
And the focus is on Dean, but then it switches to Cass later, and you can just see, like, the concern and the sadness on Cass's face outside, like, when they're listening to Sam detoxing from the demon blood at Bobby's. And, oh, it's just heartbreaking. And then Dean can't even look at him and can't even be by him. He says he has to go outside and, like, I don't know. It just breaks my heart. Like, Cass is trying his best to be comforting in his own awkward, adorable way and yeah then dean's like can't even look at him and i just i don't know that whole confrontation with famine i feel like was more enlightening to dean than he realized and didn't know how to process it yeah dark side of the moon dark side of the moon i think it's always interesting meeting other hunters in the early seasons because like especially especially when you look at it from the point of view of like the first three seasons there you don't meet any other hunters like except for Bobby and that's it um and it, you get this feeling very early on that hunting is a very uh exclusive club Mm-hmm. But then in later seasons, you start to meet more hunters and you have a bigger family and it, it feels like there is more of a network out there in later seasons. And I don't know if that was just them realizing that they needed to take some weight off of Jared and Jensen um, or if that was... Or, or what it was, it, they realized that they needed more dynamics or something. But yeah. it, it kind of gives this feeling that back in the day, there were less hunters than there are 15 years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a couple episodes in the like season one through three where they have like one off people, yeah, and they, all, and they all seem really interesting. But yeah, it's interesting that these guys show up and they're probably people that Dean worked with before, like when yeah, because he at- recognizes them with the masks on, which is amazing. Um, but like Sam doesn't know who they are, so it must have been like when he was at Stanford or something like that. Um. But yeah, it's interesting that like through the grapevine, they learn that Sam had, you know, switched on the apocalypse. So they must have heard from like maybe the other guys uh, that came to the bar in the previous episodes. Um, But yeah, it's really interesting that these guys uh, show up. And that one of them looks a lot like Mark Pellegrino, and I was super confused. <laughs> I think it's it's the second guy that takes his pulls his mask up, and he looked a lot like Mark. And I was like, wait, hold on, what? Um, yeah, I love this episode. Do you also love hugs? I love hugs. <laughs> I saw a post I think yesterday that was society if Cass had worn the I love hug shirt and they photoshopped photoshopped it onto Cass like in the bunker in the late season this like I wrote they're both in this episode but this is such a Dean episode (laughs) yeah even when they try to like balance it between the two it's just still such a dean episode i feel like this is the the description to it for entire show but go on (laughs) (laughs) valid jared padalecki is the star no he's not (laughs) no very quickly becomes not it wasn't perfect until she died oh my god my heart it's just, uh, just this, yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything meaningful to say other than noises, but. <laughs> you know, I also, okay, you know what I also found very interesting about that scene? Um, 
so we have this we we are well aware of this whole thing that Mary when Dean was little when she put him to bed would say angels are watching over you in this scene when Dean goes to comfort her after the phone call with John she says you are my little angel mm-hmm. yeah Michael? True vessel? <laughs> <laughs> Hello? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it's just... And, and yeah, well, with that in mind, you have to wonder, was that an actual memory, that quote there? Or was that Zachariah fucking around? That's very true. And it I could have been. Go ahead. Oh, I don't know. It seemed they tried to make it seem like at least in that memory they were off the radar for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it could also have just been like a little Easter egg of foreshadowing. Yeah. For that. Can I also be um. <laughs> crude for a second slash not really but yes. um they find the road to that memory in the closet <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> i was like and then even sam is like is the road in a closet i'm like oh man if you weren't <laughs> intentionally doing that then wow <laughs> uh, um this is jumping way to the end um but uh, Zachariah, maybe I'm reading this wrong, but he doesn't seem to recognize Joshua. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Okay. Which... So that implies, to me anyway, that Cass and Gabriel knew each other before Gabriel went to Witsec. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, um, I mentioned this uh, in one of our previous episodes, but uh, yes, uh, prequel that I would love to see, Angels Throughout History. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think they could maybe work into the the John and Mary um, prequel to give it a little more substance than what (laughs) was like, okay. Yeah. Like, what do you, yes. Anyways. Um, yeah, I totally forgot that Gabriel told them to find, wait, was it Gabriel that told Cass to find Joshua? Or am I making that up? Okay. You're making that up. I'm just dumb. (laughs) Um, yeah. And it also just came across as like anybody that Zach doesn't work with or answer to directly, he doesn't give a shit about. Yeah. So like... Here's this whole other angel who apparently talks to God, but he's not important enough to be on Zachariah's radar. Yeah. Um, did you guys notice that this is when we get the confirmation that God was the one who brought Cass back? Mm-hmm. Yep. And also yeah. puts and- Dean and Sam on that plane, right? That's also mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. 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 And then I don't know what I want to say about this, but maybe you guys will have thoughts. Um, So Joshua is a gardener and Mm -hmm. he's very adamant about like, that's all he is, is he just trims the the hedges. Um, And it feels similar to me about how Chuck has his whole thing about being a writer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. That, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good parallel. And they talk about, like, being developers of things or creators of things. Ooh, yes. That's what I was trying to get at, and I couldn't figure out what I wanted to say. Thank you for saying it. <laughs> <laughs> but in that sense... Um, I don't know. Um, 
I'm 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 also having like this thought right now that I do not know how to explain, but that kind of puts Joshua for me in the same category as Metatron. Oh yeah, yeah. They they I mean the one trims edges and then the other trims the stories and you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's interesting because in the earlier one of the earlier episodes they talked about only four angels have spoken with God and it's before implied that it's the four archangels. Yeah. But then there's also Metatron and Joshua. So that's interesting. So maybe two of the archangels don't talk to God, maybe Gabriel and well Lucifer, I guess. So yeah, that would be four. But since Gabriel's like off the radar. What's interesting to me, I mean, obviously, like, God was the, the one who created all these angels and everything, right, Chuck? So, but, like, uh, I always feel like as long as someone, be it an angel or, like, a creature has the power to create something, right? And the power of creation, they, the, the, the power of creation comes with, like, a certain degree of free will. Because they are like tied together there. Unless if you don't have free will, then you are you won't be able to create, right? So when Chuck made all those angels and whatnot, like, do they have any free will at all, or are they also like bound to this overarching story of his? Huh. Is the question? <laughs> yeah. That's a very good question. Well, and I think that might also be a better question for when we get down to season 15. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not remembering that. <laughs> that's just, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And like, what, if all of these things are in heaven, what is there a need for a gardener? Wouldn't they just I be the way that they... I had a great thought right now. <laughs> Wait a Wait, second. Do tell. So when Cass becomes God, is yeah. this actually the moment when he breaks out of the narrative like fully because he now has the power to create on a God level? <laughs> Silence. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> Listeners, both Kate and I are looking very uh what's the word? Flabbergasted? Yeah, yeah, that's a good word for it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, right? Because I mean for me it like never made sense. Like why because he, this is like, you know, he, he could have been like predisposed have like some kind of like predisposition to being you know, the one out of line. But at some point, like, something has to have, like, influenced that to, like, set him in motion. And yeah. to me, it, like, never made 100% sense because I could never pinpoint that moment. But I think now I can. <laughs> and every moment before that where he's rebelling, sure, he's rebelling, but it's it's just, like, pushing on the On the walls, just yeah. like, you know. Chipping away at it. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, and then and then finally that would be when it all comes tumbling down. I like that. I like that too. Because, yeah, he has the thing in the kitchen about we're just making it up as we go. Like, that's a chip. And, yeah. like, telling Dean how to, how to uh, get around the angels in any, like, roundabout way yeah and stuff like that yeah and also like like this is this is very far-fetched but like i wonder if something like that has happened before or if Cass has attempted before to become a god and then like didn't get there and got brainwashed before he you know i don't know well, Naomi implies in season eight that he has been under her knife 
multiple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we had the, dis- or you guys had the discussion about in the earlier episodes, I think in like season four and stuff about him. I Dean, I have to tell you something and then getting brainwashed and not yes. remembering what he was going to tell exactly. him about. Yeah. So we yeah, have examples it seems, of those. The way she says it, it seems to me that she's implying that it happened before Supernatural, yeah. the TV yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I feel like this has been happening to Cass, like, forever. Like, he's always, like, stepping out of line. Because, like, when we have yeah, flashbacks... If, if it had just started, like, with Dean, she wouldn't have had that snippy comment about crack in his chassis right that, yeah that, that that phrase right there seems to imply that this has been happening since the dawn of fucking time and i think mm-hmm. also like either who is it like balthazar who also knows that and also i think says the something similar to that, that uh, which, been a rebel, which which yeah so. yeah which kind of like makes me think that they have like made cast into this you know like to show everyone what happens to angels that rebel, like turn yeah. this into like propaganda kind of thing. But also another thing I like about Cass being becoming God and that's where his free will finally like manifested is that he gets this thought from Dean, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, that kind of that's what made me think that maybe he tried he tried that before, like he before like he lost faith i don't know centuries ago and tried to like become god himself and like rule as god himself but then couldn't and got brainwashed and everything like went away right but Mm. then you know like when dean says that makes that comment it kind of brings all that up all that back to him yeah on some level i don't know Yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> All right, anything else, guys? Uh... Zachariah calling Mary a milf. <laughs> <gasps> and this, I'm going to have this. Okay, this is not Destiel, but hear me out. This is Destiel. <laughs> because Do does this one. mean that angels can judge, like... Desire, attraction, fitness, sexual, how sexy somebody is. I don't know. <laughs> you know? I guess. Or he's I just guess. saying it to be a dick and to yeah. torture him. Uh, I thought I had something. I guess I don't. <laughs> um oh just uh that whole scene um with mary getting zachariah's speech but using it through her um like just let dean be loved <laughs> that's right. what he wants his face during that that speech is just like utterly broken like he's not scared of the angels he even throws out that ball gag line also (laughs) and he says like been there done that or something like that i'm just like things that make me scream um so he's like you know in the face of this cosmic power he's not scared but hearing these words coming out of someone who looks like his mom or this avatar of his mom is what breaks him and yeah also, what's, yeah. in, what's interesting is the everybody leaves you, the inline we have, I mean, you have mentioned this, but this just, you know, like in my head is exactly, because this is how the world ends in season 15, like everybody yeah. disappears, right? And oh, this shit. is like Dean's ultimate fear, you know, if we, yeah. ca- if we, if we like say that whatever this Mary fake Mary saying that is something that's coming from his subconscious and not his fear, right? It's mm-hmm. exactly how, yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Secret good sh- uh, supernatural <laughs> strikes again. <laughs> it all comes back. Oh, man. Well, 
Okay. So, next episode, we are talking about 517.99 problems and 518 point of no return. And then after that, we only have two more episodes before the end of season five, which is crazy. I can't believe we've already gotten through season five. What the fuck, man? I know, you guys are fast. (laughs) And uh, it'll be fantastic, and I'm looking forward to it. And Kate, let us know when you want to join us again. Always, but I'm (laughs) I'm like, when I do get to listen to you guys at work, I'm just like having a conversation with you in my mind. And so I'm really, really happy I get to join you and always honored. So, yay. yay. All right. Talk to you next week, guys. Thank you for listening to Hella Radio. I'm Nora Rose. And I am Sally. You can find us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram at Hella Radio. Theme music was provided by Kalua. Sound editing by Josh. Give them hell, Hellers. Let me cry.